Welcome back to Southern Pride Storytime. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Today we're going to continue the story of Pinocchio. When we last left Pinocchio, he was trying to convince the blue-haired fairy that he had lost his gold coins by lying to her. As Disney's blue-haired or blue fairy stated, this lie was as plain as the nose on the puppet's face. But unlike Disney's fairy, Chloe's blue-haired fairy clapped her hands to summon a swarm of woodpeckers who trimmed down the nose. The fairy invited Pinocchio to stay with her and be her little brother, but he needed to see his father. She told him not to worry, that she had already sent for Geppetto to come and stay with them as well, so Pinocchio rushed out to meet him halfway. Unfortunately, along the way, who did he meet but the fox and the cat, who was conspicuously missing a paw. The fox pretended to be shocked at the attempted mugging. He knew Pinocchio still had four gold coins. He had spent one for the three of them to eat and sleep at the inn last episode. The fox tried to convince him to join up with them again, to bury the remaining four coins so that they may multiply into 2,000. He told Pinocchio that the Field of Miracles wasn't far. They could plant the coins and be back to meet Geppetto. And off they went. Pinocchio buried the gold and left for a couple hours, hoping that it would bear coins as fruit. Naturally, while Pinocchio was fantasizing about how well he would spend his fortune, the cat and the fox stole the gold and moved on. Outraged, the puppet told his tale to the town magistrate, so he is taken and thrown into prison for being an idiot, I guess? And then he was stuck there for four months until all the prisoners were released for a great festival. Free at last, he ran to the fairy's house. On the way, he got hungry, and he entered the field to steal grapes, and got caught in a trap. The farmer set the trap to catch weasels who he thought had been stealing his chickens. When he sees he caught the puppet, he assumes the pilfered poultry were purloined by Pinocchio. Hey, that's what started Clyde Barrow of Bonnie and Clyde fame down his dark path, so why not a possessed puppet? He dragged Pinocchio to his farm and chained him to the wall to make him a guard dog. Pinocchio is beginning to see the error of his ways and how being so spoiled and selfish and strong-willed was leading to his downfall. Full of regret, he fell into a deep sleep until the shuffling and sneaking of weasels roused him. These weasels had a deal with the old guard dog. He would pretend to sleep while they stole the chickens and in exchange they gave one of the chickens to him. Pinocchio agreed to the same deal, but when the weasels entered the hen house, he blocked the door with a heavy rock and barked for the farmer. He was so happy with Pinocchio that he set him free. Dude, I'd be keeping him around. He, he ran to the place where the fairy's house had been, only to find it was missing. In its place was a large marble slab that said that the little fairy had died of grief when abandoned by her brother Pinocchio. The wooden boy was crushed and cried all night. He was broken by the fairy's death, and with it, the death of his hopes for a family. His grief drew the attention of a nearby pigeon, who told Pinocchio that Geppetto had gone off to sea to look for his wooden son, but that Pinocchio could ride on his back to catch up with his father in no time. Sure enough, a long flight away, they found a village on the shore where all of the townspeople were panicked and terrified. They told him that a poor old father had lost his son, and built a tiny raft to go find him. They were all terribly worried because the rough water was tossing him about so violently. As Pinocchio scanned the sea, he too could see Geppetto struggling on the waves with his tiny boat. 
Pinocchio waved at his father, who waved back and had just turned his boat around when another wave rose and swallowed him. Pinocchio dove into the water, swimming quickly to where his father had vanished. He swam all night, but since he was made of wood, he floated very well, until he swam and swam and reached an island. Still, he had no sign of Geppetto, and when he asked a friendly dolphin if he had seen his father, the dolphin replied that it was likely Geppetto had been eaten by a large shark that lived in the area. Taller than a five-story building with a mouth large enough to swallow a whole train, the shark could eat lots of old men like an M&M and never know it. Pinocchio thanked the dolphin for his help and then fled in fear until he reached the land of the busy bees, which were actually very busy, very hardworking people. Pinocchio stated loudly that this was no place for him. He was not born for work, but he had better, or he was starting to get hungry, and if he wanted to eat, he had better earn it, because parasites kill the things that they feed off from, and these people worked too hard to tolerate such spoiled, worthless behavior. After an attempt to beg for a penny from an old man, the man offered him four pennies if he would help him pull his cart. Pinocchio was furious, offended, scandalized. How dare this man ask him to work when what he wanted was to get something for nothing? Did he look like a donkey to him? The man told Pinocchio if he was so hungry he could eat his pride and moved on. When a bricklayer went by with a heavy basket of plaster, Pinocchio tried to beg again. Again, he was offered money in exchange for work and decided he was too good for those kind of terms. Pinocchio whined and cried, but no one was willing to give him anything that he didn't earn, so it's a pretty different environment from his home where everybody gives him whatever he wants when he throws a tantrum. Finally, he was forced to help an old woman carry water in exchange for a meal, though we can assume this was not done with any gratitude or grace. Still, he ate, and when he looked up to thank her, he found that the little old woman was the little blue-haired fairy, all grown up. Pinocchio, instead of being super grateful, immediately moves to complaining that he wanted to grow up too. The fairy said that he would if he deserved it. Naturally, after examining his behavior, it's clear to both of them that uh, he fell short of the mark. He resolved to change, and the fairy offered to be his little mother. She told him, that he needs to go to school and learn a trade if he is to be good and virtuous and then he can become a real boy and eventually grow to be a good man. Starting the next day he headed to school where the other boys bullied him until he fought back and from there he began to do very well except well, he tended to befriend just the sorts of troublemakers that he used to be himself. Both the blue fairy and the teacher warned him that this might make him fall back into bad habits, but he was sure he was too wise and too good to do such a thing. One day, while walking to school, a bunch of boys invited him to come with them to see the giant shark that had washed ashore and been seen near the sorry, near this shoreline. He skipped school to go see it, only to find nothing there. The other boys had fooled him into coming because him being so studious was beginning to make them look bad by comparison. They were sick of hearing their mothers and their teacher talk about how good Pinocchio was and how they needed to be more like him. They all made fun of Pinocchio, who made fun of them right back, and it escalated naturally into a fight as these things do with little boys. 
In the fight, one of the boys was knocked unconscious by a book. Pinocchio tried to revive him while the other boys fled in fear. The police arrived and think that Pinocchio attacked the boy. So, they tried to arrest him, but Pinocchio fled out into the sea, where he was pursued by the police dog who couldn't swim. So Pinocchio forced to swim his way back and rescued the dog, and then swam off near a fisherman's cave where he gets caught in the net. Adjust my legs here before my feet fall asleep. There we go. The fisherman thinks that Pinocchio is a very rare fish and is excited to eat him. But he's interrupted by the very police dog that Pinocchio had saved, arriving to save him in exchange. He parted ways with the Mastiff in the village, where he learned that the village blamed him for his schoolmate's injury, and now everyone thought that he was a no-good troublemaker. He went home to the ferry and knocked on his front door. He waited for the door to open, but since their maid was a snail, it took over nine hours for her to get there and open the door. This fairy needs to rethink her system, I think. There's got to be a better job for that snail. <laughs> but since the... Oh, sorry. Um, again, Pinocchio is hungry, which means everybody has to drop everything to help him, or so he thinks. But mercifully for the readers, at this time he faints with hunger before he can have his usual tantrum. When he awoke, the fairy was by his side telling him that she forgave him if he stayed out of trouble. He kept his word and ended the school year top of his class. The fairy told him the next day his wish would come true and he would be a real boy. Pinocchio was overjoyed and left to invite all of his friends to be present for the event. He invited all of the boys, including his best friend of all, Lampwick. <laughs> Which, if you've seen Disney's movie, you know exactly the kind of boy that is. If you'd like to read Pinocchio for free, the original Carlo Collodi version, not the Disney version, you can read it at projectgutenberg.org or at your local library. There is a lot that I'm kind of snipping and editing and nipping and tucking here and there in order to get it into the short form that I use for this podcast. So if you really do want the full thing with all of the detail, you can uh, go ahead and check it out there for free. I do have to warn you, a lot of what I'm skipping and cutting down are long, whiny, obnoxious temper tantrums thrown by Pinocchio. They're so annoying that I didn't want to read them, let alone repeat them. <laughs> it's, it's just, oh, there is a reason why Disney, Walt Disney himself actually, went through such a long, meticulous process to redesign the character to make him look younger and wide-eyed and cute and innocent like a baby who's just been born. It's because Disney himself, even though he loved the story of Pinocchio, thought the character was almost impossible to sympathize with. And these long, drawn-out temper tantrums over little tiny things, it's really, really, I think, the base of it. Pinocchio seems to have about the temperament of a two-year-old, but like the vocabulary of like a 13-year-old. And oh... The two things do not go well together. It's, I cut out a lot of that because I love you guys. <laughs> this, it's terrible. And these are, and so many tantrums over just the pettiest little things. Oh, I don't know. 
Unlike Disney's Geppetto, Collodi's Geppetto never asks for this, and I feel awful for the guy, but he's trying to step up and be responsible despite the fact that this wooden kid doesn't deserve it. I don't know. It's frustrating. He's just, to me, an extremely unlikable character. But we've seen, just because the character is the protagonist of a story doesn't necessarily mean they're a good character, doesn't necessarily mean they're a likable character. In Pinocchio's case, he obviously exists to teach a lesson. And uh, teach it he does. It's kind of a what-not-to-do kind of lesson. Today's episode was brought to you by Anchor, Spotify, and Princess Mary. If you want a shout-out or to have a story suggestion, just click the support link in the episode description. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and have a wonderful week.